When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast, an Iowa rugby podcast. I'm Mr. Gray. And I'm Philly V. And we are in the Wombat Den studio. We are presented by Rotor Epoxy. The premier epoxy business possibly in the world? The galaxy. The galaxy? Yeah, no, all time. And, you know, there's no better time to do epoxy to your concrete floor, whether it's a garage, basement, workspace, office space. Bar, shed, what? Pretty much anything. Anything. (laughs) Here's the thing. Do it in November. Do it in December. Do it in these winter months. And then so that way when people crawl out of their cave and they like, hey, come on over in the spring, they'll be like, oh, shit, when'd you get your basement done? Oh, when'd you redo your garage? Like, get it done over the winter while no one's doing anything. Um, or get it done over the winter because we have obviously all these holidays coming up too when you have family yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, you know, There's all this stuff coming up. <laughs> a lot of people too. You get a big Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. You you put all the like a bunch of tables in the garage. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, you set up <laughs> yeah. in the garage, and then it's like, oh no, all the kids they just spilled their uh, you know little smokies and mashed potatoes and oh, gravy easy, everywhere. Easy cleanup. Right easy there. cleanup. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I, I just think it's good stuff, and also too. Rotor Epoxy, did you know they have the Packer of the Year? I What was that on their Facebook? It was a video of Rotor throwing down the... Oh, that, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Flakes, yeah. yeah. I love that. I still love that meme with Salt Bay doing the thing. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's Rotor. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, like like all the little divots in the concrete, they yeah. pack it down so it's like flat in its yeah. level and everything. I saw they just um, put a video out, too, about how they like patch stuff, too, which is cool. Oh, that's why I meant to say patch, not pack. Uh, Sorry, okay. I meant to say patch. And we we're not editing this because uh, I meant to say patch. It's okay. Oh my god! It's okay. <laughs> we okay. We interviewed Robbie. We talked about the Green Bay Packers. The word pack was in my head. Spoiler alert. Also, too, it is Friday night. It is we Saturday got, morning. Stuff, if you're listening to got this, a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> this has been a very busy week, so we apologize for the lateness of this. Um, we had our playoff match last Saturday. Sunday, we we're kind of hurting. Uh, very much an active recovery day. And then Tuesday was original plan, but yeah, pretty worn out still. Monday night was when the girls had their last season league match for high school. So we were going to do some stuff on Tuesday. Well, my kid was sick um, and we were just both dead tired. Wednesday, we had wombat practice. Thursday, I have class. Thursday, you have class. So here we are. Yeah, that's our life. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we didn't fit your schedule, but uh, this is when it works. So, yeah, we're going to roll through this. There's, it's probably going to be the messiest episode we have. Um, That's okay. So if we stutter and don't cut it out, you know why. Because uh, we don't have the time. So, again, thank you for joining us. I think I, I already spoiled it. Robbie from you and I is our guest. Uh, we're going to give him a call. Only one interview this week. But, God, it's a good one. It is a good one. We all love ourselves some Robbie. Oh, and I, so funny. He said he's going to be in town in like two, three weeks, four weeks. He's going to come in person. Oh, yeah. That's going to be like, I think, a six-hour one. <laughs> Another one of those? Yeah, we need to let <laughs> my wife, your girlfriend, know that 
Don't yeah, be I'll don't give... be mad when we <laughs> when we're in the garage for six hours. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna give her a heads up this time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a couple <of> weeks out. <laughs> She'll appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Without further ado, let's get to Robbie. All right. Now we are to the interview portion of the show. Today we have a very special guest. University of Northern Iowa men's rugby player, Robbie Asplund. How you doing, Robbie? I'm doing good. How are you boys? Oh, great. <laughs> if I was any better, I'd probably be in the middle of a Kohl's, spending Kohl's cash. I don't know about you. Kohl's cash? You mean Kohl's in Cedar Falls, Iowa? Oh, no. I, I, I mess around with the Kohl's in Ankeny. My grandma worked there, so she gets me like 50% off with her employee hey, discount. You always need to be getting them deals, man. Dude, I've bought a lot of Hawaiian shirts from the Coles in Cedar Falls, so. <laughs> but I've gotten some... Oh, shoot. I've got Rob... some... Oop. There's always some good. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> We're stepping all over each other, Robbie. I don't... What are we doing? What's happening? What I was you, guys gonna... go. you guys go. Okay, what I was going to say was... Um, people might be really confused, like why we're diving in so hard on Coles. What are you up to this fine Friday night before a big playoff match? Well, you know, yeah, yeah, keep it calm, yeah, just be relaxed. So I'm currently at Coles shopping with some of my roommates and fellow players. <laughs> what are you What are you shopping for? Are you getting a nice button down? Getting a Tommy Bahama Hawaiian shirt? Something for the social? Something for the pregame or postgame? You know press conference what are we looking at are some nice joggers for the car ride i think um someone's looking for a special someone hmm. wait like an actual human being like a, a love interest perhaps Ooh. and it's gonna take all of you to find them uh no no <laughs> oh well robbie you know it's good to hear that you're you're really you know, relaxing, you're getting your mind right before this big playoff match. You guys last weekend played the University of Chicago. They were a small college team, and they were like, hey, we're going to bump up. We can hang with these guys. They've been doing a really good job in the uh, great Midwest. They were beating some teams that previously hadn't been beaten. And then they play you guys, and you win 73-3. to Walk us through. How did you shut them down? What was the story of that match? Well, for the first half, they're in within our 50 a lot. And I think we just played very hard-pressing defense. And we caused them to have to go back a lot. We would cause them to make mistakes that really helped us. Nice. What was the score at halftime? <laughs> I do not remember. <laughs> good, good. Um, and then, Robbie, what position do you play? Tell the people at home. I play the greatest uh, position ever, prop. Nice. Front nice. row, baby. <laughs> how many how many tries do you have on the season, or are you saving them? I got none right now. Because you're a team player and you put the team first. You you do what you got to do. Exactly. Of course. I, yep. I do all the dirty stuff. Yeah. You know, it doesn't show up in the box score, but the wins, they show up in the, in the standings. That's what matters most. Exactly. <laughs> so, you guys, you know, you're on the road a lot. You've been going to Chicago. You get a nice home match tomorrow. What's your favorite part about being on the road? Give us a, a story from this year that, that I don't know, just something fun. Tell us the story. Uh, when we played UIC, uh, we left on Saturday. It was supposed to be a doubleheader, but Northwestern had forfeited. Boom. So we said, you know, we're still going to head up Saturday. And we just went up, just had fun. We just, I went and had deep dish. Ooh. Never had that before. Ooh. Ooh getting cultured. Yeah. yeah. I so, used to think deep dish was pointless, but I've been 
changed. <laughs> Saw the light finally. <laughs> Probably because you had a bunch of like weak imitations. Now that you were actually in Chicago for Chicago Deep Dish, you saw the light. You're, you know what you need to get now is a Detroit style pizza. You ever had Detroit style? Yeah, I've had, I've had the Pizza Hut version. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what you got to do. Uh, there's a place in Des Moines, Gusto Pizza. They make a legit Detroit style. Pretty much it's like a loaf of bread with pizza sauce on top and toppings. And they cook it. The reason why it's Detroit style, they use this like tin that back in the day, this place was connected to like an auto place was connected to a pizza place. They ran out of clean pans. So they took an oil catching pan and they baked a pizza in it when it was in Detroit. And that's how it became Detroit style because it was an oil catching pan. And that's why the, the crust is so thick. Improve, yeah, improve, you know, adapt in certain situations. <laughs> so your homework is... Na- I'm not going to sounds nasty. Well, no, they didn't, like, it was a clean pan. Like, they didn't yeah, have oil course. in it. It wasn't like like <laughs> car oil. Yeah, that's the flavor. <laughs> a lot of character. Oh, yeah. Well, um, what is Zeus telling the boys to get them ready to go this week? Uh, Whitewater's going to come out and hit us. Um they're going to come out and score, which not a lot of teams have the rest of the season. Mm. And we need to be prepared. Yeah, they've always historically been a pretty tough club and always gave us problems when we played them. But I think you guys are going to handle them pretty well. You know, they're definitely looking for revenge from last year. Mm. We beat them in semis last year, and then we beat them in the sevens championship. So they definitely have uh, some spite towards us. <laughs> Do you guys get along with them, like, outside of the yeah. game like at the social do you guys like kick it with them or is um, it like you know rivals where they're like yeah fuck you go home no down at, well here's an example down in new orleans they're actually cheering for us during our norwich game oh that's cool if you go on youtube you can hear them yelling behind the camera nice i think that's that midwest pride of like hey oh, we're yeah. in their conference and if they win it makes us look better like that's you know true. oh definitely yeah <laughs> And, like, you know those guys, too, so it kind of makes it nice. It is cool, like, the top teams in the great Midwest. Like, you guys really are. You're you're at the sevens tournaments or, like, championships, the 15s. Um, definitely, we feel like the top three teams, like Marquette, Whitewater, and you and I are all going to qualify for nationals. But, obviously, like, this one's a huge one. Need to get this one. Um, Marquette, though, they look like yeah, they look a good. wagon. I don't want to get too far ahead, but we might not talk to you before that match. What's I mean? Are guys looking ahead towards Marquette? I mean, I don't want I don't want you to lose focus, but you got to be uh, real um, too. That um, that's the goal. We know about them, but you know we can't overlook a team. So our main focus right now is Whitewater, of course. Of course, of course. He's good. Yeah. He's good. Like I'm not trying to get you off your game. I know you're at Coles. You're finding your Zen. I don't want to like rush you to like. But yeah, me and Phil, we we look ahead often. Like yeah, we're we <laughs> yeah, um, and we just know that's that's going to be a huge match. But no, Whitewater, they're they're well coached. And I, I read an article by Goff Rugby said, too, that Whitewater took a hit during COVID and, and they're building back. And, um, yeah, they think they can hang with you. What do you have to say to that? Um, we're going to hopefully prove them wrong, of course. But, you know, we expect a good match to happen. God, so humble. And we expect to be a close match. I know. I'm trying to, like, bait you into a good sound bite. Like, I, I want you to, like, let loose and, like, start firing off some stuff. Like, you know, a lot of people, like, a lot of alumni for the University of Northern Iowa, you know, they didn't know you. 
a few years ago and you really rose to fame by being the cameraman at nationals. You know, what kind of attention did that bring when you were commentating? Um, what was that experience like with so much attention? Well, first it was a little humiliating. Humi- oh God, it was uh, embarrassing. Due I'll, to the I'll cut that part out working. where you stuttered. <laughs> oh no, leave it in. Leave it in. I'm off that take. <laughs> okay. Why was um, it embarrassing? I, you know, I wish I would have been told the camera wasn't working on the iPad. Um, I count my blessings every day that the Virginia match did turn out to be not a close match at all. (laughs) (laughs) The comments were hilarious, like watching the game live and just hearing people like, turn it around, do this, do that. (laughs) And you're just like, I'm trying the best I can. And then people, people kept having to say like, the back doesn't work. So he's pointing the front. He can't see what's happening. And people are like arguing for you. There's probably like 400 comments on that video. Oh my God. It was nice that people really joined my side and understood. Yeah. No, I stopped teaching that day. Actually, every day you guys were in the tournament. I stopped teaching and I made my class watch the Facebook live stream. And then they saw me commenting because I was joking. And my kids like, they're like, Mr. Gray, did you just post that? I'm like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> no of course not. Uh, Dude, I was just thinking, it's kind of off topic a little bit, but you were talking about how, uh, you know, Whitewater is giving you guys some support during the Sevens tournament stuff and, like, hanging out with, like, other teams. What's Do you guys go to other teams' socials? And, like, what's your favorite social you've been to so far? Um, last year we didn't really get to go to a lot of socials since a lot of our games were at home. And either they're in Chicago, so we're like – kind of like let's head out but we did make a stop in platteville after cottage grove last year Ooh, yeah it was an interesting time <laughs> is there any other details other than that yeah <laughs> what what do you mean by interesting that's a pretty vague word there could be a lot of a lot of ways you go um can you give us some crumbs of what made it interesting they they know how to have fun um <laughs> they just they're they're an interesting bunch <laughs> have you ever been to mudfest the spring tournament they host no, but the goal for this year is to go. Nice. Yeah, we were going to go last year, but then kind of fell through. Some things happened, came up for people. We got busy. Oh, yeah. Well, and if you guys don't go this year, you guys could always join the Wombats because we sent like a half team last year. So we could always like, we could like do a combo thing. Because, oh, are you talking about the Barbarian Wombats team? Oh, yeah. The Wombarians. Oh, yeah. The Wombarians. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the. Platteville Mudfest was a staple when Phil and I went to UNI. Like, that's where, like, young guys would really break through was, like, all right, it's Platteville. Let's have all the, like, young guys put them in the starting lineup, see what they can do. And I remember, like, guys would break through into the starting lineup for the next year because of that tournament. Like, Alec Lang was one of them. Kahuna. That's where I got mine, too. That's where you got – yeah. Just, like, I don't know. And then it was always just a mess. It was fun. And like you said, Platteville boys are interesting. They're fun. I know what you meant by that. We're, we're good. They're good boys, though. Uh, Garrett gets his brothers. I think, I don't know if he's the president or the vice president there. Oh, really? Huh. So there's a connection there between us and them. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Where's he from originally? Uh, Fond du Lac. Oh, it's a made-up Wisconsin town. You should have seen the look on Phil's face. He was, like, stumped. Like, what did Robbie just say? Like... <laughs> Obviously, yeah, it's south of Green Bay, of course. Ew. Oh, okay, okay. Now we're gonna really go off topic, Robbie. We're in a fight. Do you know why? Uh, we gotta talk about how Green Bay is currently ripping my heart out this season. Yeah. You know what? And like, I love you, Robbie. But like, I'm just gonna say, 
I am so sick of Packer fans feeling bad for themselves, putting on Facebook and Twitter. Like they're, the worst, they're like, oh, shut up, Phil. They're you're a Cowboys worst. fan. <laughs> I don't say oh, shit. Ew. But, ew. but all the Green Bay fans are like, I don't know what it's like to lose. You Bears fan lose every year. So so you're used to it. And like, fuck you. It doesn't feel good to lose. But yeah, we lose every year and it hurts just as much. My heart gets ripped out every year. I don't like losing. And then Packer fans have one shitty season. And they're like, oh, the world is crumbling. Oh, what do I do? <laughs> Shut up. Aaron Rodgers is a dork. Hey, man. I love A-Rod. <laughs> Nobody calls him A-Rod. <laughs> hey, man. I remember being like a nine-year-old kid watching his them win the Super Bowl. Oh, oh God. It was Holy that long shit. ago. <laughs> yeah, you were nine when that happened? Uh, nine or ten. What, what year? Twenty. What, what year was that? Who'd they play? It was the Steelers. It was like twenty-one to. It was thirty-one to twenty-six. Oh, uh, wow! That's been a while. Yeah. Shit. We're getting old. Yeah, we are, Phil. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I just wanted to remind you the Bears and the Packers have the same record right now. So suck on that. <laughs> you know what? I'll give it. You know, they're just they're disappointing me this year. God, but here's the thing. You guys are still probably going to make the playoffs and just annoy me and whatever. I I don't think. I know they play the Bills this week. I'm, I'm going to be watching the, the game, but it's, it's going to be wincing most of the time. I've heard a lot of people say they think the Packers are going to win, and then it's going to give you guys such false hope, and then you're going to lose like five games after. Like, oh, we beat the Bills. We're back, baby. And then you just like <laughs> shit the bed the rest of the year. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm also prepared for that aspect. <laughs> yeah. That's and like as, too... as a Bears fan, I put $10 on the Bears to win the Super Bowl after they beat the Patriots because we looked so good. If that hits, I'll win $50,000. Hey, man. That'll go to your teaching salary. <laughs> I can take a year off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, Robbie, we don't want to keep you from spending your Coles cash. We appreciate you for joining us. Good luck tomorrow. Yeah. Tell the boys. We're, like, all jokes aside, like, we're really excited. You guys are having another kick-ass year, another historic year. Um, definitely can't wait to see what you boys do in playoffs. So, good luck tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, when you're in town, keep in touch, man. Come on over to the Wombat yeah. Den, and we'll have you in person and have you share some more uh, fun stories, man. Of course. It was great talking with you. Uh, good luck to you boys tomorrow. Oh, and yeah. your your playoff match against is it Eastside's third uh, division team? Uh, D three two. Yep, yeah. the Whalers. Yep, Whalers, yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. So thanks, man. And yeah. you know, let's just keep being real with each other. Of course. Phil, <laughs> so we gotta get you on that now. Oh, uh, dude, I had it briefly and then I deleted it. But maybe so, I'll, don't be a quitter. Me. Don't be a quitter, Phil. It's probably because he had no friends. <laughs> he kept telling me to like take pictures. I'm like, I'm not doing that right now. Well, yeah, you can always save it for later, but that's not being real. Yeah, that's not real. You're being fake. Uh, you know what? You don't yeah. deserve it. I'm posing. Yeah, you don't deserve to be real. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, thanks, Robbie. Have a good night, brother. Right, bye. We'll hey, you guys, too. Good luck tomorrow. Love you, boys. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. All right, and that was Robbie. God, I love that kid. He's so damn funny. He is. No, he's a gem, man. You know, you need those guys on a rugby team where we always say to, like this was back from you and I, like, you know, there's two or actually three types of people um, you want on a rugby team. Guys who are good at rugby, guys who are fun to be around, and guys who are both. both, And, like, definitely, too, like, 
Robbie's learning the game. He's getting better and better every single week. He's like, but he brings a level of like entertainment and like fun. Did you see when they posted videos where he was mic'd up for a practice? Oh yeah. (laughs) Hilarious. The dude is, is hilarious. And I was trying to bait him into some stuff to say something wild. But again, like they have a really, really big playoff match tomorrow. So he was he was trying so yeah. hard to like be very level, even though he's kind of the guy that he brings that humor, he brings that energy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's like, no, we gotta be focused. White Whitewater's tough. Um I feel like I should. Uh my kid's crying. Um I'm gonna go check on that. All right, and we're back. So Jacoby is fine. He is okay. <laughs> He's okay. Uh, what happened was uh, Lex was drinking a nice Miller High Life, and he thinks he's funny, and he ran over, and he grabbed her drink, and he poured it all over himself, <laughs> and he started crying because he got all wet, and he didn't like – he's he's not even two years old yet. Um, he's what you'd call a stinker, but he was screaming <laughs> bloody murder. I thought he fell or something or – I I heard a thump too. It was just like, oh shit, is he okay? Yeah, no, I think that was like Lex, like, like running towards him to be like, stop. And (laughs) yeah, he's fine. He just, (laughs) (laughs) like, we looked at each other and I'm just like, that's a more serious cry. And I get up there and Lex is laughing. Like, yeah, he just sprinted over, grabbed my beer, poured it on himself, and is crying. (laughs) Oh, God. Kids. Yeah. Oh, so Whitewater. Yeah. They're a great program. Uh, again, like we heard from Goff Rugby, down a little bit from COVID. Everybody was. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're building back up. The North, I think, is a little bit tougher than the South. Yeah. But it's really – it's just so hard to compare teams because there's no crossover. Marquette, like we said, is a wagon. I definitely think Marquette is going to destroy Loyola. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if they beat them by 80. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be putting up quite a few points on them. But <clears throat> you and I beat them by 50. Mm. I, I just and I and I say that too. I, I think you and I has the ability to beat Marquette. I think that's going to be a very close match yep. uh, when they get to that point. Uh, Marquette's offense seems like it just has a little more firepower, but also Loyola is not as fresh as they were when they played you and I. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, so, I get what you're Like Marquette has like fine-tuned some things where like you and I played them earlier in the season and they were still finding their way. So I just think like where Marquette is at right now, they have a better chance to put up those points. But then when Marquette and you and I see each other, because I think we're both assuming you and I is going to beat Whitewater. Yeah. I do think there are a few tries better. Because um, again, Whitewater, great program. History doesn't win you games. It's, no. it's who you have today. And so I definitely think we're going to see a Marquette UNI matchup. I think UNI edges it out. I think Marquette thinks they're they're really really good. Um, I'm sure they are really good, but right. you know, obviously being biased, but like UNI, you know, Final Four contender, only yeah. lost a couple of seniors, so they have a ton of returning players and had guys fill in those roles that are great athletes, great players. I I don't think UNI. I mean, like I think it's going to be a tough match for them, but yeah. I don't think they're going to have too much of a problem personally. Yeah. I think it'll be a close match within 10 points. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. Then moving over, University of Northern Iowa women. They went to Charlotte, and they – this was cool. They went to Charlotte to go play Queens University's yeah, B-side. Queens is a varsity program. They 
also have that assistant coach, uh, Lynn, who played at the University of Northern Iowa, and mm-hmm. she was getting into coaching. She plays for the Charlotte's women's team and coaches at Queens. So it was a little reunion of sorts, and it sounded like you and I, they they might have lost the match. They didn't really post the score, but it was more of like a friendly, more of a tune-up, you know? like Tune-up, iron sharpens iron type situation, you know, playing good competition. Varsity competition, yeah. too. Like, you and I want, you and I women want to be a varsity program, and if they're not going to get the support from the school, they want to see how varsity programs run themselves, and then they want to emulate that. Mm-hmm. So even though it's like, hey, this isn't technically varsity, but we're going to run it like a varsity. You're going to get a varsity experience in quality of coaching, quality of they have weight room access now. Like yeah, there's, cool. a, there's a lot of quality stuff. But the big thing that came out of that match was a TikTok. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. <laughs> if you didn't see it, it says one of these teams is in the NCAA and one of them is not. So Queens and you and I were lined up in the middle tunnel. They run out onto the field and you fan out. Well, the UNI girls have never done this because normally you're not streaming matches. Uh, the first, like, six girls did not understand how to fan out. And, like, <laughs> you could put that, like, joke, what is it, Benny Hill music, where it's like... Yeah, like circus music because they're, like, they keep switching spots because they don't know where to go. And it's good they have fun. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, no. they, they're self-aware of, like, eh, you know, whatever. So they play Minnesota tomorrow, the last league match. They are at home. I think they're going to destroy Minnesota. Oh, yeah, 100%. And then it'll be off to playoffs for them. And then it'll also be off to playoffs for Iowa State because Iowa State women, last weekend, they hosted. Nope, they went to Minnesota. And on the road, they went to Minnesota. They won 58-14. Good for them. Hell yeah. Never a question. Yeah, I didn't think it would. never, Never a question. And now... Tomorrow, today, whatever day you're listening to this, October 29th, the next match is Iowa State hosting Wisconsin. Again, Iowa State, I think, is going to just destroy Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Iowa State and you and I both going to head to the playoffs, probably going to run into each other again. Not much else to say. Yeah. God, I just wish they were in a different corner of the bracket. Like, yeah. something so they could like see each other like farther down the line. You like know? in the Nationals yeah. or something? Like, like or in the four. final? final yeah, four. that'd yeah. be cool. It is what it is. Exactly. And it just shows you, too, like the level of talent and level of coaching we have in the state of Iowa for women's rugby. Mm-hmm. I mean, top notch. Uh, they're going to be fighting with each other for years to come. Yeah. The foundation that's been laid for both those programs. So, yeah, I think we're going to see you and I and Iowa State both handle Minnesota and Wisconsin um, and then just sail into the playoffs and then we'll we'll probably bring in some more players, maybe the coaches, and really break down the preview of their national playoff matches once yeah. we figure out who their opponents will be. So then moving from the Iowa State women, we're going to talk about the Iowa State men. Now we said, I think we said this was going to be our game of the week. Yeah. Iowa State played against Minnesota, and Iowa State went up to Minnesota for the men. And this was pretty much a conference championship for the North. If Minnesota won by a large margin and didn't let Iowa State get bonus points, Minnesota could have pulled away with the conference, but Iowa State prevails. They win yeah. 25-14. And it was a little bit larger margin this time around than last time, too. Larger margin, and they were on the road. Yeah. And so, Coach Amp Fryan, a little recap of the match here. Iowa State wins 25-14. Alex Geisert, 
the Type 5 Swiss Army Knife that gets to be <laughs> every front row's dream and play nine off of some of our line-out sets, punched another one in to start the game six minutes in. Minnesota answered around the 25-minute mark, and then Sam Miller caught a ball on the perimeter, dummied it to Rowan Collins, and threw a massive stiff arm to spring him loose for a try, 14-7 at half. Right out of halftime, we drew a penalty in front of the post and kicked for post, making it a two-possession game. And quickly after, Sam Miller found a seam again and scored. From there, we just kicked for post to keep it at a three-possession or full two-possession game. Minnesota scored at the end, but it was too late. Boys are really playing great team ball now. On the score sheet, it looked like more of a forward-dominated game, but the backs did an incredible job this time around dictating the tempo and Minnesota never got comfortable because of it. Good team win, and it wraps up the North, which is the second goal of the season after defend our home field in the conference. The boys can check it off. And then I said, love this, Ant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so pretty much from that recap, it sounds like we talk about this, and it might sound cliche of like, hey, you get better every week and, and constantly improving. But the fact that you know that game was so forwards-oriented the first time and it was a close margin – Ant knew, all right, we have to control the pace and we have to do it with our back line. Mm. And that was a focus going into it. They made it happen. That's where they scored. So, yeah, there's a lot of forward play in the middle of the field going back and forth. But you get those opportunities on the wing, Mm. out into space. You have to make the most of it. And whoever dictates the tempo in the back line, I mean, that's who's going to win because you're meeting them at the gain line or you're running them over at that second level. So um, hats off to him for identifying. Cause I think too, a lot of times coaches get comfortable with like, well, we beat him once. We're going to keep doing the drills that got yeah, us here. Got us here in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like young coaches, I'm not saying Ant's young coach. Cause like coaching wise, like he's been doing this over a decade. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about him. I'm just saying in general, young coaches will be like, these are my six go-to drills. Here's a couple extra drills. Um, we're just going to keep running these until we get really, really good at them. And then once we're really good at them, we're just going to keep doing them because I don't know how to watch a game, watch film, and move us to the next level. <clears throat> Ant has looked at his team. He's looked at their performances, and he's found tiny areas of their game that they can improve. He could have easily been like, I'm happy with where we're at. We're winning games. We look solid good enough. Let's just keep doing what we've been doing to get us here. No, that's not what he did. He made a specific intentional plan. We need to get better at the backline dictating tempo. And that is why they went on the road and won by a larger margin. Yeah. You know, well, it's just everything he's doing is just, it's paying dividends, you know, like mm-hmm. they're constantly improving every week. And it's really awesome to see. I really hoping that they have a ton of success coming up in playoffs here. Like, yeah, it's looking good. I think they're going to be able to do something special this year. No, they have a special team, and just Ant's coaching, I feel like, is getting better and better because he is such a student of the game. Mm. He wants to improve week by week and not just, like, brute force. Yeah. Like, there are tactics in here, learning his players, learning what they're efficient, what they're good at, putting them in positions to succeed and giving them a game plan to be successful, and, and that's what we're seeing. So then moving over to another Heart of America match, University of Iowa played Nebraska, and they won. Ooh, palindrome. Do you know what that is? What? Do you know what a palindrome is? No, I thought you were talking about drum roll. No. <laughs> a palindrome is a set of numbers or 
letters, like a word, that is the same forward as it is backwards. Oh. So yeah. palindrome score, Nebraska had 17, which means Iowa 71. had 71. Iowa wins 71-17. I think Nebraska, they've got some good things going, but they're hitting a point of the season where this conference is brutal. Yeah. And I think <laughs> it's taken a toll on their bodies, their legs, their depth. And Iowa, again, not the results they wanted against Iowa State, but that didn't stop them. Like, yep. this is a team that does not have quit. Like, if a team is kind of like, oh, we lost a couple important matches, going through the motions, whatever. That's not – this scoreline tells you these kids, uh, that's in the rear view. They're still moving Good. forward. And that's another improved, uh, you know, scoreline again. Because mm-hmm. last time they played them, I think it was like 50-something to like 10 or 15 mm-hmm. or something like that. So, I mean, I was still making improvements too throughout the season. Exactly. Yeah, and I think too, because they're playing teams like Wisconsin and Illinois out of conference mm-hmm. – they're playing a brutal non-conference schedule. And then they also have a brutal conference schedule. Yeah. And they face a team like Nebraska who doesn't match up as well. I mean, they didn't take it easy on them. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're here to play. We're here to get better. And I and I definitely think that scoreline shows they got better that weekend. Yeah. And this upcoming week, they play Minnesota. So I'm going to be really interested because uh, they host Minnesota. Minnesota's coming off that tough heartbreaker to Iowa State. You know, does Minnesota pack it in, or do they try to bounce back and say, "Hey, we're not out of this. We're gonna give, we're gonna give Iowa hell." And then, how does Iowa respond? Because their season's been so up, up and down. down. Yeah. Um, we see a lot of bright spots. There's so much good stuff happening, mm-hmm. but there's also really, really good competition that they're playing. Next week's gonna be interesting. Yeah. And by next week, I mean tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, I'm curious to see how it turns out. <laughs> and then we move to the women's match for the University of Iowa. They played against Indiana. And it was 17-10 to 10 at halftime. It was actually tied 10-10. And then Indiana scored. Iowa Hawkeyes, the women's team, they were losing 17-10 to 10 at half. Really? They won 60-22. to 22. What? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They won 60 to 22. Um, they regrouped at halftime. They came out and they scored eight unanswered tries. And then as, and here's the thing too, with seconds left, it was 60 to 17. Indiana scored at the death. Uh, so that's where they got that extra five. Mm. So for 39 minutes and 55 seconds, Iowa shut them out in the second half wow. and they scored eight tries to zero and then garbage end of the game. Indiana scored one. That's amazing. Yeah. Iowa women, yeah. they have a top four ranking. I think they're fourth right now. Yeah. I think that's what I saw last time. Yeah. And so again, they also are going to the playoffs. They already know. Yeah. Cause Notre Dame college is number one, mm-hmm. Michigan who beat Iowa at home narrowly is number two. Again, if Michigan has to play in Iowa City, Iowa could win that. Then there's the Southern Nazarene. The school is really supporting men's and women's rugby at Southern Nazarene, so that's why they get that bump. Iowa at four, Northern Iowa at five, and then Iowa State down at number nine. <clears throat> but again, the even though Northern Iowa and Iowa State are four uh, rankings apart, yeah. they're three points apart on the pitch. I would really be interested to see Iowa play either Northern Iowa or Iowa State just because to get a good look at like what what is the difference. But again, like you said, mm-hmm. I really hope 
Iowa, Northern Iowa, and Iowa State are like in, if it's a bracket of 16 teams, I hope they're in four different quadrants and they could meet in the final four. Yeah, that's what I'm really hoping for, but I feel like we're not going to get that lucky. Oh, no, not at all, because they'll probably have a Midwest region, yeah. and all three of them will be in the Midwest. I was going to say, too, that Indiana uh, match or whatever, so looking at the polls and stuff, too, Indiana was like ranked like 11th or 12th or something like, random like that, so they were like creeping into that top 10 too for them to Iowa to blow them out like that it's pretty well and that's why too like at halftime I was losing you're probably thinking like oh this Indiana team's for real and then I was like oh time out we're good remember (laughs) and they just put it on them so awesome stuff out of them Iowa Central men so they played Wayne State's B-side and Lindenwood uh, the A-side played Lindenwood's I think B-side um I don't have that's a tough match. Yeah. I I don't have scores for those, but I know that that's what was on their schedule. I couldn't find anything on social media, so um just gonna assume I mean those aren't league matches, but it's more of development matches Mm. where excuse me, they're basically like, all right, we need to get our B side, even C side guys some action, and we need to see high quality clubs. Like Wayne State, they're not massive. But they win national titles yeah, so in the small college. They're ranked like second or third right now. Wayne State is second, yeah, yeah. And it's because they're small college, but uh, they get some support. Oh, you know what I read? Hmm. Wayne State is tearing down their rugby fields. Yeah, well, John Shorty works there. Yeah, because they're something about that. Yeah, they're building apartment complexes on the Wayne State rugby fields. Yeah, they the that's exactly what happened to the Hostile Hilltop, but with the Cedar Falls High School. Yeah, so what they did was Wayne, Nebraska, huge population boom allegedly. <laughs> um, they uh, they the school sold the land to an apartment complex, and then they're going to build more housing there. And Wayne State rugby is going to play on the soccer fields. Really. Kind of lame, right? It's kind of lame because, like, we used to go there for the that Wayne State tournament all the time, and it was a battle, a nice little pitch. Battle of pitches. the uh, Battle of the Prairie, something like that. Is that what they called it? Battle of the Plain, the Great oh, Plains. I always just talk. We always just called it Wayne State tournament. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, they had ni- there was one year they had ninety three rugby teams show up. Uh, it's that. the second biggest rugby tournament in North America, allegedly. That's what they say. Um, also they have like 12 national championships between the men's and women's programs combined. Mm -hmm. So the head coach, um, Darren Barner, something like that. Mm -hmm. He said, this is the equivalent of tearing down Yankee stadium or Lambeau field. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little, uh, huh? Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Sorry. Don't want to, don't want to shit on them, but I mean, they have had really great yeah. success being in the middle of nowhere. They get a lot of international talent. The school supports them. Sucks they lose their field. That's yeah, a really cool tournament. Um, but, hey, away she goes. So, let's move into high school girls. All right. How's that sound? Um, also, I'm going to say this real quick, too. little disclaimer. Phil and I both know, and we both wanted to have a full high school girls mm. state preview we wanted to break down each team and their players and and all this stuff again life happens um we just weren't able to do that yeah between uh, being yeah real busy this week and we have playoffs and stuff it's just there's a lot going on yeah we want to spread the word of like what's going on in the state of iowa but also to like like we're like us being actively involved on a team as well kind of 
makes that hard. And then yeah. jobs, life, family, you know, so don't over explain or make too many excuses, but just being honest, we want to share more. So what we are going to do after the state tournament, which is this Sunday at Southeast Polk's junior high in Altoona, uh, we are going to try to get interviews with coaches and players, like mm-hmm. going to try to reach out to the coaches to see if we can interview like the state MVP, the league MVP, and then also a few girls that are going to go play rugby in college. Yep. We want to hear from a lot of people and it's not going to be all at once. It'll be throughout November, December, January, February. Phil's looking at me like, that's the plan. You never said this. I know <laughs> I'm actually making this up as I go, because again, <clears throat> these girls, they work really hard. Um, and you see our college programs. There's a reason Iowa, Iowa state and you and I are all in the top 10 in division one rugby, our high school league. Yeah. The coaches are sending girls to college with great skill sets. It's pushing the pace and we want to spotlight those coaches and we really want to spotlight those girls who are going to continue their playing career. So we will dive deeper into this in over the winter months yep. because especially too, like, you know, a couple of weeks from now, there will be zero rugby being played Yeah, and we're going to need we content. Need, yeah. We need material. <laughs> content. <laughs> so looking at the girls contact league, the way it ended up Waverly shell rock one seed, 10 and 0 Cedar falls is the two seed at nine and one. Southeast Polk is the three seed at eight and two. Central Springs is the fourth seed at seven and three. Indianola is the fifth seed at six and four. Ankeny is the five seed at five and five. Cedar Rapids, Washington is the whatever the next seed is, sixth. Six, yeah. At four and six. And sorry, my, my brain stopped there because just every team plays each other once in mm-hmm. this league because there's 11 teams. I previously said 12. There's 11 teams. You have 10 matches. So Waverly at 10 and 0, they beat everyone. Cedar Falls, one loss. Well, that was the team above them, Waverly. Southeast Polk, two losses. Well, they lost Cedar Falls, Waverly. Like, yeah, it's it, just like one, it's zero, one, two, mm-hmm. three. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And then it gets crazy. So the last spot, we talked with Norwalk's head coach, mm-hmm. Amanda Sangbush, and we talked about how there was three teams, and, and you could throw Valley in there for a fourth team fighting for that eighth spot. Roosevelt, Fort Dodge, and Norwalk and Valley were all fighting for fourth place or for eighth place, that last spot in the state tournament. And Norwalk had a really tough draw that night. Uh, they needed to beat Cedar Rapids, Washington, mm. who, you know, was at three and six at the time. And, you know, they knew it was going to be a very tough match. They came, they were very close, but they came up short. Mm. Um, it was a, it was a very close matchup. Um, I was going to say here too, oh, the schedule The schedule switched over the state tournament, so I don't have the exact score. It was very close, so Norwalk was out. So then it came down to Des Moines-Roosevelt had one win, seven losses, one tie. Fort Dodge also had a rough night. They had one win, seven losses, but two ties. Mm. So pretty much last match of the night, Roosevelt versus Valley. If Roosevelt wins, they're in the state tournament. If Roosevelt loses, Fort Dodge is in. Mm. Roosevelt and Valley tied. Wow, really? Yes. Win and you're in, lose, and Fort Dodge is in. They tied. So both Roosevelt and Fort Dodge are 1-7-2. So then you think tiebreakers. Okay. Who won against, when it was Fort Dodge versus Roosevelt, who won? 
I'm assuming. Was it another tie? They tied. Oh, God. <laughs> so they had to go to the fourth tiebreaker. And it was funny because I reached out to Patrick Lawson because he's on the, the board and he also coaches Cedar Rapids. And I asked him because I'm like, I don't I don't know what's going to happen. And on the website, it doesn't have like all the like point differential and all that stuff. Yep. And he's like, you looking for insider information or something? And I made a joke. I'm like, no, I like I legit don't know what happened. Like, I'm so interested. Um yeah, Des Moines Roosevelt had a higher point differential Absolutely. than Ford Dodge by like twenty six points. Really? Okay. <clears throat> I was just gonna ask, like, what the hell was the tiebreaker possibly? But yeah, it okay. was. And I, th- I think honestly, if they had a same point differential, it would be down to a coin flip. I think they were one step away from a could, coin flip. They just do a pigtail match, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, but it's if it's not in their bylaws, no. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't just go willy nilly. So Ford Dodge first year team heartbreaker. I mean. You get two ties, and like it was looking like Fort Dodge was going to be in, yeah. and then Roosevelt ties, and Roosevelt hosted. They were the, I think, this new turf field at Roosevelt, mm. actually at the Roosevelt High School. It's only been there for four weeks. They got to host rugby on it. Huh. I heard it was beautiful. I heard it was really good. Nice. Really cold and wet and rainy. Yeah, but... I say it was last week. Bad weather was terrible. Yeah, venue was good though. Um, yeah. So when we look at this on Sunday at southeast polk uh the first match of the day at 11 a.m waverly against des moines roosevelt oops let me turn the volume down (laughs) that's gonna be on there so just throwing that out there so we're gonna break the bracket down uh number one seed waverly against des moines roosevelt the first time they played uh you know roosevelt they they struggled you know they snuck into the tournament this this one seed of Waverly Shell Rock, they are a wagon. Yeah, they're a juggernaut. This just so good, so good, and like that's again nothing against Roosevelt. They're a very young team this year. It's awesome. They met their goal. They made it to the state tournament, and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But I just, I I hate to say it, I just don't know if they have. They're, they're going to need a lot of luck and a lot of things to go their way. It's just Waverly has the mix of the athletes, the coaching, the coaching just, and the game plan and the charisma. It's just they got charisma. Waverly's just, Waverly's just got so much going for them with rugby, just in general, boys and girls. It's just well, I mean, it comes down from the coaches and then the community bought yeah. in like that. That's going to help a ton, yeah. help a ton. Um, yeah. So the next match at 1120, this is the most interesting match. Central Springs, brand new club against Indianola. When they played earlier in the season, they played in week. Why does it say Waverly twice? What in the world? (laughs) Oh my gosh. For some reason on the website, it says Indianola played Waverly twice. I know that's not true. Indianola lost to Central Springs seven to five. Ooh, that's a close one. Yeah. Because Greg Rodriguez, who just uh, started coming to Wombat practices, he is helping coach Indianola. And he said that match was wild. Central Springs, we know they do a great job of slowing the game down, retaining possession. You know, you really have to force a turnover and you have to be very, very patient. That match, Indianola is going to be looking for revenge and Central Springs is looking to make history by, you know, they gave Waverly the uh, the toughest match that they had this year. You know, if I'm Waverly and I see Central Springs make it through, 
I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be worried, but I'd be like, I'd rather be playing Indianola because yeah. of the matchup. Yeah. I'm not saying Indianola couldn't beat Waverly. I'm just saying matchup wise, like in or Central Springs is a tough out. Aren't they? They typically like they, they maintain possession really well. Is what I've heard very heard very well. Yep. Then in the next match, the host Southeast Polk at three seed against Ankeny. Ankeny, they've had flashes of brilliance. It's just they're very low on numbers. Yeah. They're young and low on numbers. They. If they had more girls, I think they could make a deeper run. Then the last match, Cedar Falls against Cedar Rapids, Washington. Um, again, Cedar Rapids, they're they're also a young team, and their depth isn't as deep where Cedar Falls, I think they have 40 girls on the roster. Yeah. They had multiple JV sides. I think they're they won every single JV match that both their JV teams played, um, and they only lost one varsity match. So technically. I think their overall record was like 20 and one. Jeepers, if you put varsity yeah. with JV um, crushed it. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting because in the second round, I'm assuming Southeast Polk and Cedar Falls will play each other. Um, and the winner of that, you know, goes to the state championship. Cedar Falls hasn't made it to the championship before. Mm. Southeast Polk has been there the last four years winning three state titles. Yeah. Um, in the last five years. Yeah, they've won three in the last five. Um, and Waverly's hungry too. Waverly has not been in the state title uh, before. And they're look, they've been right, they've been third place the last few years. Mm. They're looking to finish this undefeated season. Um, like I said, the Central Springs Indianola is going to be the match I want to watch in the first round. And then I think the loser of that match is probably going to end up winning the backside of the bracket for fifth place. Um, Cedar Falls versus Southeast Polk. Phil, who do you got? Ooh, that one's tough. Um, I don't know. I, I'm i putting you on I, the spot, and I'm not going to let you get out of this. I think solely on record and probably go with Cedar Falls, but I don't really have much insider information other than that. So <laughs> Again, the state tournament deserves so much more research and care. We apologize. We, it deserves more, and we are going to give it more in the offseason. We promise you that. Um, we both agree, Waverly. I think they're going to make the final. I yeah. think they're going to win the whole thing. I honestly think so, too. Yeah. So, should be great. If you're in town, go to Altoona. Go to Southeast Polk on Sunday. Starts at 11 a.m. All the money you spend for raffle tickets and T-shirts goes to a girls' college rugby fund. So, go check that out. All right, so definitely go check out the high school girls game. A lot of hard work by all the players and coaches. Now, moving into the final portion of the show, Midwest Rugby Union results from last week. In D1, they still had league play. Cincinnati loses to Chicago Griffins, 55-24. Detroit Tradesmen defeat Chicago Lions, 36-24. Pittsburgh Forge defeat Cleveland Crusaders, 38-26. The Bombers defeat Kansas City Blues, 23-12. And Wisconsin defeats Palmer 34-12. Now there's only one more week left of the D1 Premiership. Yeah, tough season for Palmer. Again, Griffins, Bombers. Yeah, they're in it. They're going to compete for that title. D2, Fort Wayne defeats Chicago Lions 45-17. Chicago Westside Condors defeat Grand Rapids 57-17. Akron defeats Columbus Rugby Club 50-34. The Indianapolis Impalas defeat Pittsburgh Forge D2, 42-17. 
Green Bay defeats Lincoln Park 48-22. Milwaukee defeats Fox Valley 55-5. Des Moines defeats Bremer 73-0. And St. Paul defeats Metropolis 28-0. Admin forfeiture. So something. Uh, eh, Well, no, I think it was they did something wrong in in the Rugby Explorer. Uh Women D2. Fort Wayne defeats Morgan's Rugby 65-7. Ninja Women's Rugby wins 31-21 over Buffalo. Grand Rapids loses to Akron 12-20. And then Twin Cities defeats Wisconsin 50-14. Interesting stuff there. Mm. So now to the main part of our show, the D3 playoffs, the round of 16. So that last week, or the last one for women's, uh, the men's D1 and D2 was league play. Mm-hmm. Women's D2 was like the play-in round. And then now for D3, this was the round of 16. The Cleveland Rovers come from behind to defeat Louisville 32-31. Wow. Dayton Area Rugby defeats South Pittsburgh Hooligans 34-17. Detroit Rugby. We knew, like, going into this, like, looking at it, Detroit, I think, was the number one in the power ranking. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. They defeat Michiana 72 to 7. Michigan rugby loses to the Columbus Castaways 67 34. So if we look at like the, that's the east side of the bracket. Yeah. Dayton and Cleveland win not super close for Dayton, but I mean 17 points. So that's like three tries. Wasn't Cleveland actually technically weren't they the number one team for the power rankings? Because it was based on like point differential so i swear they saw them on the number one spot for the bracket look it up on your phone i'm pretty sure it was detroit was it um yeah Hmm. yeah so detroit and columbus winning very handedly then on our side the west side chicago right defeat economy walk 48 29 fox city just sneaks past peoria 41 39 which i thought that was really interesting because Fox City was like blowing people out in Wisconsin. Yeah, they were. And then Peoria and Chicago were like neck and neck in Chicago. So interesting match there. Then the East Side Banshees defeat Dubuque 58-28. And or not East Side Banshees, the East Side Whalers, the Banshees D3 team. And when I looked at that, I talked to Elliot, I reached out to Dubuque, and it sounded like that match was very close through half the match. Mm -hmm. Um, At the 60th minute, they were within a try. And then the East Side Whalers are just very well coached and they're very fit, good cardio, and they just pulled away. Pretty much it sounded like the 60th minute, um, kind of that fourth quarter, um, Dubuque ran out of gas. And just when a team is that well coached, you got to think too, Dubuque has a lot of great young athletes. East Side, a lot of these guys have played D2 rugby in their careers years previous. So they know the game and they know what it takes in playoff rugby. And that experience helps them out. Yep. Then the last match, the West Des Moines Wombats defeat the Rochester Rogues 24, 17. That was a, that was a doozy of a match. That was a wild match. It's probably the reason why this is three days late because <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was a drag them out, beat them up. Like it was just such a physical match. And I'm not even talking about, the seven cards that were given that game. Was it seven or nine? Felt like nine. Cause I thought we had, what oh. we have four or five. They had four, I think. Yeah. There's a couple of red cards. Um, 
A lot yeah, of yellows. A lot of yellows. And and it I don't think there was, was it was good officiating. Yeah. You know, like just you know Well, we, you got a yellow because you we kept having a, a repeated penalty. We had some new guys in that didn't understand kind of what they were doing around the breakdown. And so we got get called, back, hey, back 10, get yeah. back 10, get back 10. Well, Phil, multiple times, did not get back no, 10. It was, no, that's bullshit. Don't even try to tell me it was multiple <laughs> times. And I wasn't the first initial person who made contact with the ball carrier on that back 10. So that penalty technically shouldn't have been to me. It should have been whoever tackled that guy. I was just there for the poach. I am a little salty about this still, Yeah, if you, you can't tell. <laughs> well, what it was listed in the scorebook was repeated infraction, not 10. And so whether it was our team repeatedly did it, you were the one who got caught. I know, which was bullshit. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> but also, we need to figure it out. Like, we need no. to stop committing penalties. No, I'm, not, and... I'm not saying the penalty was wrong. I, just, yeah. I don't think it should have been me who got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I that match and also our Dubuque match, like, you know, open book, being honest here. Like, we survived. I think, you know... We've been overthinking shit a lot, in my opinion. Well, I was going to say, too, like, we tried to get too cute with some stuff. We got away from our structure in the second half of both matches. And then as we get tired, we get lazy. Mm -hmm. And then that's when penalties happen. And just being honest, too, like, we... Yeah, we we just survived these matches. And I do feel like... You know, no offense to any of the clubs we played, but I think we could have had better, like I that match against better outcomes. Yeah, yeah, that match against Rochester should not have been that close. Like it was literally down. Rochester had the ball at the end of the match; they could have scored and tied it. We could have gone to overtime. Like it was one of those things where, like, it should never have gotten to that point. I mean, they were playing down two guys for a good majority of the game, so it's just like, how, how, are, we, how are we not putting up more points? Phil, don't tell people that. Uh, yeah, it was 13 on 15 or 12 on 14 for... Well, we had 12 guys on the field at one point, too, or 11. We had 11 guys at one point, because yeah. that goal line stand, we just kept getting guys penalized. It was a goofy match, but the main thing is, like, we just we just got to clean stuff up. If we... If we played a clean style of game, we'd be really, really tough. But the problem is, like, there was a point we were beating Rochester. I think it was 24 to 10. Yeah. And we felt like, okay, we're grooving. Things are moving. We're doing all right. We made some subs. Cool. Keep this going. And then we made a penalty. And then there was another penalty. And it was like a parlay of penalties where it was like. And cards. (laughs) And cards. And it was like they're in scoring position. Oh, they did score. And then it was like, oh, well, now it's 24-17. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, we were losing. We get a decent-sized lead, and then we we let teams stick around or we let them come back because of stupid penalties. And we're a second-year club. Makes sense. I mean, yeah. we have guys who've played with multiple different clubs. We have guys, a third of our guys have never played rugby in their lives, and they're trying to learn on the fly. So it's like we got to clean that stuff up. And this also shows, you know, one of our things with the Wombats is like, hey, we practice once a week because guys have families, they have jobs, they have school, mm-hmm. they have shit they have to do. But it kind of shows on the field like, hey, when yeah. you practice once a week, some of these little stupid penalties, they're going to happen because brand new guys are like, oh, I couldn't do that. Yeah, Old guys get lazy and go, oh, yeah, I need a refresher on, oh, whoops, I accidentally was bridging. Yeah. Whoop, my bad. Or sealing the ball, you know. Yeah, ceiling. Ceiling. That, that was a different term for yeah. it. I I always called it bridging, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Nah. But yeah. Gotta give props though to our five guys though that uh, play the entire eighty minutes. Like that's another weird 
thing. We had five dudes who played. Only five guys that played the entire 80 minutes. Just because all the fucking cards. <laughs> because people got carded. People got injured. People. I just. It was. It was a very messy game. But the good news is I do feel like at the end of it, like Rochester, they had some good hard runners. Oh, yeah. They had like I they they hit us in the map. Like that's why like we just it's back and forth. Their and back and forth. forwards are really good. Their one almost fucking murdered me on one play. Like I was taking that bang, running up, and then <laughs> I just saw him out of the corner of my eye coming like full steam. I picked my back leg up just enough. So he, oh, like, he was coming. Me, but he got my other leg, so I went down still. But I was just like <laughs> You about cracked me. I was like, holy I, shit. I do feel like early in the game, like one of the things I do is like I'll take like a crash ball just to like feel something quick. Yeah. yeah. Well, and eat like two to three defenders, and then hopefully someone off to my side can get a crash or something. And one of their guys just tackled me one on one and he drove me backwards. I'm like, Fuck. Like, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> we're in the playoffs now. Like that dude looked at me. It was either their 12 or their eight. And I was just like, Oof. like I, they did not need to two man tackle me. They looked at me like, oh, good. This guy's slow. <laughs> like, they didn't care how big I was. They're like, uh, done. No, they were, they were a good, they were a good side. They were very physical. Mm-hmm. They, they played a really good game. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I'm still hurting a little bit from it, but <laughs> yeah. So that means tomorrow, you know, we host the East side whalers, um, you know, tried getting some Intel on them and it just, it's what you expect. They have a D2 program. They're very well coached. They're very well conditioned. And they have a lot of guys who have played for a long time. They know the game. And Rochester and the Eastside Whalers split one and one with each other. So anything can happen. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be surprised if anything. The biggest thing is, you know, we just got to play clean and play as a team. Yep. Oh, like we've it, had a lot of individual play playing, you know, going on. It feels like lately. So hopefully. Yeah. We can kind of converge together as a team and move forward. So, yeah, I think we will. I think everyone knows. And I think, too, we do a good job of, like, rising to the occasion where it's like, if we could string together 80 minutes of, of Wombat rugby, we'd be so good. Hmm. But we really play in the moment. Like, it, this isn't good where it's like, we'll play down to teams or we'll let teams hang around. And then when it matters, we step up. It's like, why don't we just play up the whole 80 <laughs> minutes? Do the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. We're, we're figuring that out. Uh, we are going to live stream again. Yeah. So if anybody wants to watch the Wombats match tomorrow, kickoff is at noon. We'll have it on our Facebook Live on scaffolding. Uh, so six feet up in the air, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, come check it out or come in person. Yeah. Uh, again, Sunday, go check out the high school girls game. A lot of good stuff going on. You know, you and I men, they're hosting the first round of the Great Midwest playoffs. All the women's teams are gearing up for their playoff runs. They're finishing a conference play. Um, Des Moines rugby is done for the year. Bremer's done. Um, Yeah, shout out to the Dubuque Riverboat Gamblers. You know, first year club. Qualified for playoffs, yeah. They finished second in the Iowa League for D3. And then they make it to the playoffs and then they play a solid team. And, you know, I really do think Dubuque next year, I mean, they're only going to build off of this. They're going to get more guys in the spring. Mm -hmm. They're going to do some stuff in the summer sevens. And they're probably going to hang out on the eastern side of the state, Wisconsin, Illinois, do some tournaments over there. When we see them again next fall, they're going to be a completely different team in the sense of every single guy who's still with them is going to be better and they will have new guys on that team. That's a team I think is going to be primed for success. I know Quad Cities is going to continue their development of the youth programs and outreach in the community. Mm-hmm. Iowa City 
you know, they defeated Quad City to end the year. I know they're pushing. Uh, a lot of good things happening. So shout out to all the teams that played this season. Seasons are over. But the offseason, the recruiting, the training for next year, for spring, it, it starts right start. now. Yep. So great season to all those guys and the women. Uh, you know, Des Moines women, they're playing matches, you know. playing matches, getting stuff done. And then, yeah, we'll keep an eye on all the college stuff. And like I said, I really want to get a lot of high school um, high school girls, coaches, and players on over the next few months. How does that sound to you, Phil? That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I I like it because I think uh, it'll give us good content. And then, yeah. yeah, we need to get those kids exposure, you know? So, exactly. Yeah, is there anything else we need to talk about? USA Women, they uh, lost to Canada. Canada. And they play Canada again uh, tomorrow, Peacock Channel. It's like um, 11 o'clock, I think. Yeah. So... That'd and that's the first round of the knockout stage. Yeah, so it's like quarterfinal or whatever. Yeah, Cause there's eight teams left in the women's world cup. They went from pool play of 12 teams. Now they're in the knockout round winner go home. Yeah. I mean, this is like, I think I saw somewhere it's like six consecutive losses to Canada. So it's like, it kind of sucks, but it's like, we're due, hey, but we're due for a win. We're yeah, due we're for a win. win. So Honestly, I like that more than anything. Like, yeah. you know, maybe we didn't show everything we got against Canada and like it was what? 29, 12. Uh, it was like 15, I think, but yeah. 29, 15? Yeah, I think so. And two tries. Yeah. That's it? Two tries, two conversions? Yeah. We're, we're right there in yeah. it. Um, yeah. Oh, final thing. MLR shakeup? MLR shakeup. Yeah. Oh, and I have another thing, too. Ah. Well, first off, American Raptors. Did you see that news? Yeah, yeah I did. They let go of Paul Emmerich as their head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked at Paul Emmerich's... Uh, statement on it sound like a difference in philosophies of how to how they wanted to coach these players up or just kind of like how like the vision of paul and the vision of the raptors were were differing so much that they decided to go separate ways the raptors statement made it sound like it was mutual paul's statement made it sound more like it wasn't as mutual as they made it yeah i was kind of getting that vibe a little bit so then i also thought into our next story because I, I just like to speculate. That's what I like to do. Speculate. So I'm going to speculate away. So anyways, the Giltinis, the Gilgronis, they're done. Yep, they're out of the MLR. Pardon my take. PMT? Yeah. PFT actually talked about that on really? their podcast. Their Cool Seat Hot Thrones. Hmm. Uh, they talked about how MLR is on the hot seat because Gilchrist named two teams after himself. He goes bankrupt. His CrossFit gyms are p45 whatever that's it's what he owned oh. or like weird fitness gyms whatever not the cool crossfit like i do um <laughs> my gym's cool you the yours isn't no i meant gilchrist not you personally phil but gilchrist Thanks. Thanks um, so la austin no one wanted to buy their teams those fan bases are good though yeah. so mlr will try to go back in but they're going to completely do brand new teams but that won't be for years they're not going to do that this year they're not going to do it next year yeah. But they know that, yeah, the Austin and LA markets are too good, whatever. So anyways, a brand new team will be in MLR. 99% sure it's Chicago. Everybody's saying it's Chicago. Gotta be Chicago. There is an Irish or an Ireland investment group uh, that is going to be the principal owners, I've heard. That's so perfect for Chicago, too, dude. Makes a lot of sense. And. Someone asked me too, like, oh, are the Chicago Lions just going to get bumped up or are they going to like take one of the Chicago teams? I don't think so. They haven't announced the names or the way they're going to do it. Here's how I'm speculating it. 
they are going to get a few players from the dispersal draft. So they're going to get a few guys from LA mm. and a few guys from Austin. Yeah. Um, a lot of good talent on both teams. They're going to get some international guys, especially from Ireland. And then they're going to probably pull talent from the Midwest to mm. fill out the roster. That's how I think they're going to build their roster. And here's where my next speculation was. The announcement for the Chicago team or expansion team, unknown city, everyone knows it's Chicago. <laughs> and the Paul Emmerich news leaving the Raptors happened like on the same day. Interesting. So I'm like, is Paul going to coach the Chicago team? I have. There is. That'd be really fucking cool. If you it would be really cool. But. That's all speculation. I have no information. I have no sources. I, I like. I'm just connecting dots of like, weird, weird that weird those two, yeah. those two things were announced on the same day. And I think in the next week or two, we will get an announcement from MLR because they need good PR. Yeah, they do. They need to announce the Chicago team ASAP, and they need to start finding these uh, exiled players a home because like this is just crazy. And get uh, some gear out there so I can get some Chicago stuff. And finally, like, we can like I I have. I have Old Glory shorts. I have Giltini hat. I have a Sea Wolves t-shirt. I have almost gear from every single team in the MLR. Because, But like once there's a Chicago team, cool. All I'm going to care about is a Chicago team. Finally, we have a team to root for. I'm yeah. telling you, I want to set up a spring match with either the Chicago Riot, Peoria Pigs, a team from the Chicago area mm. where we play them on Saturday, spend the night, watch. and then yeah. we go watch the MLR game. That'd or, be cool. Or if the MLR game's at 6 p.m., we play a match at 11, and then we go tail. Like, we're doing that. That's oh, yeah, going 100%. to happen. We're, we're going to do that when that happens. And I, I hope Paul's the coach. But also, too, I, I don't know the whole situation. It's mm. just reading a press release and then Paul's response to it. Um, I hope he's doing all right, and I hope whatever he does next is what he wants to do. Exactly. Um, he's he's too good of a, a rugby mind, and uh, he means a lot to our country when it comes to rugby and also to you and to I, guys. Not, yeah. <laughs> um, so we hope whatever he chooses to do next, he lands on his feet and wish him all the best, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully it's good because, yeah, again, it's just it's weird. I just I know. This is a weird coincidence, like hoping that it's not a coincidence, but – yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, I love how as we talked, like, oh, it'll be a quick episode. We still, it's probably going to be an hour. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else? Hmm. No, I'm just really looking forward, though, to this weekend and just hope everybody has fun and we can just, you know, pull something out of our asses again. <laughs> just keep it moving. Surviving in advance. Surviving Always advance. moving forward. Always. Principle of play, number one. Yep. Moving forward. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So going in tomorrow, how you feeling? Good. You? 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 Fresh lights, fresh lights, fresh lights, fresh lights.